Good morning, everybody. It's the 27th of April, and I'm joined today by Nathan Sweeney, Sheldon MacDonald, and Seamus Lyons. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Nathan, if we can start with you in the US, we've seen another quite significant stimulus package coming out of the US Senate this week. Uh, yes, that's correct, Lorna. We had another stimulus package which was passed on Thursday, uh, so it totals $484 billion. And looking at the breakdown of this, about $320 billion of that is going to be used for the payment protection plan. So this is to support medium and small-sized businesses. Uh, $75 billion of that is being put aside to help hospitals and $25 billion for virus testing. And then also importantly, we have $60 billion to support farmers uh, who obviously have been also hit throughout this crisis. And that will come through a program called the Disaster Loan Program, which is generally used when you get hurricanes and that kind of thing. But I think another important thing to highlight uh, this week is that a couple of states have started to lift their lockdown measures. So as of Friday last week, we had Georgia. We're looking to implement some easing of restrictions uh, we also had uh, Alaska looking to do the same and the state of Oklahoma. So it'll be a good test case to see how these states get on with uh, the easing of restrictions. Indeed, and we've also seen some European countries suggesting that they will be easing restrictions soon. Also, some further stimulus measures from the European Union of a, quite a similar scale. The big story last week, though, Sheldon, if you could come on to this, is the oil price gyrations. Yes, yeah, certainly we've seen historic movements in the oil price, uh, with the oil price actually moving to a negative price at one point. So just to set the scene, we saw demand already, we've seen declines of about 30% in demand for oil. And of course, when demand falls, that leads to increased inventories. So storage facilities have been filling up fast. And we've seen the stories, the headlines about oil tankers lying full at anchor around or outside harbors. Now, we also had a futures contract expiring uh, during the course of the week. Now, normally, the holders of that futures contract would be required to take physical delivery. Now, usually those holders then find buyers who actually do want that physical delivery, but not in the current environment, because those buyers already have plenty of oil in storage. And where would they keep it? So that's what led to the negative pricing. It was this technical uh, factor of everyone holding this that contract that was expiring. So it caused this extreme dislocation in the market in a way. Exactly. Now, we have seen some cuts in production agreed by OPEC, but it's uh, it's all a case of uh, too little too late. Uh, those cuts will only really take, uh, take effect from May. So, of course, uh, with the decreased oil price, we do expect some impact on inflation, which is already expected to be pretty low. And we're starting now to think about the potential for deflation which is a, a very difficult economic situation. And Seamus, if we can turn to the high yield markets where oil is, is quite a heavyweight there, is that, is that what caused the markets to have a slightly poorer week? No, not, not specifically. I mean, it did have an impact, but to be honest, there's been so much negative news coming in oil in the last month, two months or so, that it's already in the price. And it's not just high yield, it's, you know, even in the investment grade market or even in equities, energy didn't have a bad week last week. It's just another piece of bad news in what has been a kind of just a nightmare story for oil in the last couple of months. And so it didn't really have such an impact on kind of your corporates or issuers in, in, in kind of equities or bonds for energy. You told us the other day about uh, the Fed potentially buying ETFs in the high yield sector. Is, is that, do you think, going to happen? 
Well, I guess two things. So when they came out actually a few weeks back and said this, they actually had what they said was they would they would buy ETFs of corporate bonds, but they would have a preponderance for ETFs in investment grade, uh, which meant that if they had some money left over, essentially they they go buy high yield bonds. And the market took this very positively, and it's really contributed to a strong rally in recent weeks. But the New York Fed last week, in some in some kind of releases that they they talked to the market on, just said um, if they elect to purchase ETFs in high yield. So they haven't said they're not going to do it, but they're just trying to dampen the, the mood or enthusiasm because I think it, it had the intended impact of, of really supporting the market and putting the bottom on, on spreads widening. But it's almost like it's ran too far and I think they probably want to take a bit of fuel off the fire. And, and so they just kind of softened their wording somewhat, which I think did contribute last week to um, quite a, a poor week for high yield, certainly in the US. So a bit of a reality check there. Talking about the Fed, Nathan, this week we have a number of central bank meetings coming up. Could you give us your expectations for the Fed meeting? Yeah, sure. So Wednesday, two o'clock, the Fed rate decision will come out and the expectation there is largely no change because obviously we've seen aggressive rate cuts uh, over the course of the last month. Uh, but I think the market is really going to focus on what the Fed has to say, what their view is on markets, where we are, uh, how the stimulus which has been put to work is working. Uh, so the market will look at that. But there's a lot of other data points this week which will also uh, keep the market uh, focused, particularly earnings. Uh, and the reason this week uh, earnings in the US are important is because we have a lot of big companies reporting. So we've got Alphabet, we've got Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, just to name a few. But, you know, these are all big heavyweights within uh, the US benchmarks. And, you know, the, the focus will obviously be on what they have to say about Q1, but importantly about the guidance for full year estimates for 2020. How do they think lockdown is impacting their profitability? So if you think of somebody like Google, obviously, they get a lot of ad spend from retail companies. Um, so, you know, there should be some weakness there. If we think about Apple, their iPhone sales are down, so some weakness there. But on the flip side, companies like Amazon should be holding up uh, because of online sales. And Microsoft also, because, you know, they're kind of very much focused on cloud and tech and working from home should support that. Um, so I think, you know, it'll be a big week for, for markets from a focus on earnings uh, this week. Thank you. Watch that with interest. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you. Thank you.